Charm Diamond Centers. Okay, not bad, but remember, those three little words carry a lot of weight. Has to say 50 years of a family-owned business. Charm Diamond Centers. Dylan, think lifetime diamond guarantee, unbeatable pricing policy, stores across the country filled with experts who love love. Charm Diamond Centers. 0% interest financing, trade-up policy, easy payments. I need to feel that in your voice. It has to sound like Charm Diamond Centers. Wow, that was really good. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by the Nation Network. I'm so about my business that I woke up a little bit of conch. A little bit of conch. Tell, tell us about conch, Jared. Conch is a local producer, rapper, good friend of mine. He uh, makes some bangers. And this one is called Homie, and it dropped last week. This is a good track from my homie to your homie. Evan used it in his February highlights video as well. Go check that out at OthersNation.com. Evan is missing at the moment. I assume he is still on his spiritual quest down to Mexico that we learned he was going to rub some kind of potion on his head. The last I heard is he was somewhere in South America and he had to climb up a mountain to find the, um, the fountain of youth by which he could cup the water from the fountain in his hands <laughs> and put it on his head because he is balding at a rapid pace. My favorite thing apart about when uh, people are missing in this office is that no one just like asks where they are. No, you just make it up. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Assuming is much better than knowing. I think that's how the saying If you goes. assume, you make an ass of you and me. Assuming is half the battle. Or you have more fun because the real story is probably boring. Mm-hmm. I want to go ahead and start this podcast episode number 27 by thanking our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant. Go follow them on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. If you've been following with this whole Jay the Squire thing in Vegas at the at the Flames game, we're gonna we're gonna touch on that a little bit later. But you gotta see what Sherwood Ford's been doing. They've been ripping this up. Corey O in his game day rant yesterday threatened to take the keys away from the nation truck. I personally think there would be no better lesson for Jay than to have the nation truck take it away from him and the rest of us get our 1987 Ford Escort Turbo GTs. I'm just saying. He should be punished. And I I, I know I'm going to refrain from talking too much because we're going to get into it, but Jay should be punished. And I want to go ahead and thank our friends at Sherwood Ford for furthering the conversation and just really letting people know how upsetting this whole thing is. Like I said, we're going to get there. First, we've got some business. Oilers are rolling right now. Fourth, Straight win last night against the Vancouver Canucks. Cameron, you were at the game. I was at the game. Tell us a little bit about how it went. Uh, People in the crowd when Sam Garney uh, picked up his 300th point on Alex Chiazon's opening goal were were screaming that he is the answer. They, They were yelling. They had fists in the air. They said, Sam Garney is back. He is the answer. The team has won many game since he returned that is because he's here (laughs) and that was the vibe of the crowd generally um actually one really funny story i feel like i should share so i rolled in a few minutes late in the first period and you know the play was on and the usher said please wait until the play stops before you go to your seat i said no problem that's a normal thing to do and this canucks fan tried to shove by me 
and go to his seat. And the usher was like, please, please don't. And he was like, my seat's right there. My seat's right there. My seat's right there. And she's like, no, no, just wait until the play's over. He's like, my seat's right there. My seat's right there. And he was just adamant. And then right as he was saying that, literally trying to shove by me, the Oilers scored that opening goal. And I was just like, now you can go. <laughs> and the timing was just like, it could not have been more perfect. It was so good. And that well, was the, the best part of the evening for me. I hope you enjoyed the highlight. I hope he enjoyed Sam Gagne. Of course, everybody knows he was once with the Canucks earlier this season. They said, no, we don't need you, Sam Gagne. You're going to go play for the Marlies. We don't even want you on the comments. So weird. We're going to do you a solid. For our age, you can too. go play in Toronto. And he's like, okay, because Sam Gagne is a man of integrity. He went down there, played well, worked hard, continued to hone his craft. And now he's an NHL superstar with the Edmonton Oilers. And now he is an NHL superstar with the Edmonton Oilers. Unbelievable. Dan, thoughts on Sam Gagne? I just love seeing him back in the blue and orange. It's it's uh if it if it was purely a PR move, I I know it was a hockey move as well. Uh, and he's proving them the right on that end. But if it was just a PR move, it's brilliant as well, because the nostalgia there is just amazing. He's it's like he's giving us a storyline. I mean, the Oilers are winning right now, four straight wins. However, but he gave us a storyline that I think we all needed. A little bit of positivity. Sam coming home. Uh, I watched his Q and A with Gene Principe yesterday. Just his excitement about being back in Edmonton, being back with the Edmonton Oilers organization in general. It's I like it. There's and a lot of Gagne jerseys in the crowd too. Eh? I bet. My brother in law was at the game last night, and he sent me a. He just fired me a text that he got to dust off the old Sam Gagne jersey, like 2007 style. What a great feeling that must be for somebody who had a Gagne jersey and they're like, I don't know if I should wear this anymore. Maybe I should start now wearing my Colby Cave jersey or something like that or my Chris Russell jersey. But now Gagne's back so I can start wearing my Gagne jersey. So there's still hope for my Doug Waite jersey that's sitting in my closet? Could could always come back. There's there's hope for my Schmid jersey too. He's still still kicking it over in the Czech League. he's still in the city. He He likes hanging out in Edmonton. But yeah, no, uh, Sam looks great out there right now. He fits a fits a role the Oilers need right now. He has uh, a little bit of offense left in him. Helps out all those centermen we have. Fills another spot that uh, I don't think he'll be in, in that exact same spot next year. Hopefully we'll have somebody a little bit younger, a little bit quicker that could take that spot and he can uh, settle down in the third or fourth line. Yeah, I know you guys are saying Sam Gagne is the answer, but I'd like to get your opinions on the answer being Zach Cassian. Four goals in four games playing well on the top line with Conor McDavid. Cassian, like Chris said, four goals in four games. He now has 12 on the season. And that's, to me, even more impressive considering he didn't really have anything until, I don't know, like his start to the season was super slow. Mm -hmm. Super, super slow. He's playing very well. He settled in with Connor. Like a lot of guys have gotten the chance to play with Connor, play with Leon. Some have worked a little bit, maybe for a couple of games here and there, but Zach's turning into something and you, you, you got to respect it. You got to respect it. It's funny, though, how his year's gone. Earlier in the season, Cam wrote about it. He had uh, apparently asked for a trade. Everybody was like, whoa, whoa. He was one of those guys that we all thought of the trade deadline. They would give him away for nothing. Yeah. They said, we'd get rid of this guy for a 23rd round pick in 2075. Let's do it. Here's a new name for the answer belt. No one's brought up yet. Sexy Reg. Yes. Yeah. Ever since Sekera come back, that really has helped solidify the blue line. Obviously, Clefbaum came back just shortly before that. But once you get Reg in there, he helps solidify that blue line. We actually have six legit NHL defensemen, which I'm sure the goaltenders will thank everybody for. I think all of a sudden now that our goaltender looks a little bit better, it's just it's the guys in front of them. The Oilers so, have points in eight of nine games since Sekera returned against Arizona. Eight of nine games. I'm just surprised so, that Sakara has come back and just hit the ground running. Like he's he's right back to the to almost the the reg of old. I was talking to Wanya about this last night, and I said, you know what, that his knee issue from what is that about two years ago now, two and a half. Um, so the fact he was able to get over that, the Achilles, because your foot is like fixed in your skate, it's not an injury you see very often in hockey. You don't really get to flex your Achilles all that often. So if you get like stepped on, like. Uh, like uh, Carlson a couple of years ago, that's kind of where it was. So I had a pretty good feeling that the Achilles was not going to be a big issue once it was 100% and he was back on the ice and got back to, you know, his regular speed. And it actually gave his knee a whole nother year to uh, rest up. So I think uh, 
We have a nice little addition going on right now. And a, with the addition of Sakara, obviously it levels out the defenseman, but it also allows our it calms the forwards down and allows our forwards to play a little bit more of their game instead of always worrying about defense. Um, and then you get guys like Zach Cassian scoring four goals in four games. You actually Cass- have you actually have guys that can like make outlet passes now, which is the key. Well, that's what I was just going to say. One of the biggest things that I've noticed since Sakara's come back is just his ability to hit guys on the fly on the tape. It's not like he's going to rip a pass at you that shoulder height. It's just he is one of the few guys, him and Clef. Darnell's getting a lot better at it too, of hitting guys on the fly when they're actually moving. Yeah. I, and I really appreciate it. Me too. Back to Cassian for a second, Chris, because you brought him up. To think that he's got 12 goals now, and I'm looking at his game log here. on, um, and He only had two goals at the end of... Two goals at the end of November. So from December onward, he's gone on a little bit of a heater. And since he's gotten bumped up with Connor and uh, Connor and Leon or Nuge or whoever, you know, whatever trio they've got, he's really turned it on. He's playing some. I tweeted last night, and I think that this is the best hockey he's played as an oiler outside of that series against San Jose in the playoffs from a couple of years ago. Um, and it's great. Now, my question, since we talked about Sakara, is... If this had been the Oilers' defense all year, is that a group that's capable of getting a team to the playoffs, or do they still need upgrades? Uh, I was thinking about this last night too. It's it's our schedule has been easier these like the last four wins we have. It is against non-playoff teams, um, so it it makes me question. I I, I don't trust them completely uh, to be able to solidify a playoff spot all season long, but I think that they have a really good chance. If these if these six guys stayed healthy all year, then yeah, it definitely would have changed a lot. Uh, you get rid of all of a sudden, you don't need your Brandon Mannings. Maybe that means Drake is still here. Uh, you don't have to do the Weidman trade. You don't need to bring in um, Petrovic. With these six guys, I feel confident that we'd definitely be in a, in a playoff spot right now. Whether it be one of the two wild cards or maybe we're third place in our division. But with these six guys, and it honestly, it opens up an opportunity for us to move one or two of them to bring an asset somewhere else because we have a couple coming up to uh, that are going to push for a spot next year. I just think that the best teams in the league have the depth to overcome an injury or two on their defense, and and that's just it's just not been the case with Edmonton for for a long time. But it was their top two defensemen. Oh, arguably, I agree. Right? No, so, I, I mean, agree. If you take the top two defensemen, you're not, you, you go to San Jose and you take uh, Carlson and Burns out, they're going to be a lot different all of a sudden, right? If you yep. take the top two out of anywhere. But yeah, no, there's you want more depth. But I mean, as long as everyone's playing where they're supposed to and the minutes they're supposed to, then these six guys are definitely serviceable. We can get through if you get a couple extra scores. We're definitely in the playoffs then. Yeah, no, to answer Bag Milk's question, he's right that, that I think that this team would be would be a solid wildcard team if uh, if they had these six guys in all year they're easily but, as good as minnesota dallas teams like that yeah they're not they're not great but like like we saw like the last time they're on a four-game winning streak was back in mid-november right before clef bomb got hurt and then he gets injured he's you know their best d-man the wheels kind of came off and then now they have their you know ideal six and the team's actually playing well i think what it indicates for me is you can go into next year the new gm can come in and kind of stick to cleaning up pistol Pete's like piss mess rather than coming and making like a huge (laughs) (laughs) is piss mess. Like he came in and he he pissed himself. That's what he did. (laughs) That's what we, we, rather than than coming in and making like a huge trade to try and get the team in the playoffs, you can, you know, wait for contracts to, to expire. You can take your time and the group is good enough to squeak into like seventh or eighth quite easily. I think if they're healthy to me, what this shows is, I think Cam's right. Piss mess. Piss mess. But what I think it shows also is the biggest area of need right now is one, I think, improving the continually improving the structure in the defensive zone. I think there's t- there were times last night where the Oilers had what in the second period, three, four, five odd man rushes against, and you're just watching. You're like, are you guys trying to blow this lead? Please stop. So I think that's one. And then the second is they need to get improvement on the wings in terms of guys who can actually help contribute last night they got goals from chase on and from cassian and those are guys who you don't need them to score all the time but chip in a little bit 
help guys like Connor, help guys like Leon, help guys like Nuge. And we're going to, I'm going to talk about Nuge right now, but I think they need to focus more on improving the wings. If you could get rid of Milan Lucic magically, like I'm a genie, I'm rubbing my lamp. Will Smith pops out and he's like, bro, you got some wishes. I'm like, okay, Luch needs to go. Then you can get two players at 3 million bucks. I could each chip in what? 12 to 15 goals a year. You're in a great, you're a good spot. Mm-hmm. Now we just need to find a genie. Like I mentioned before, Ryan Nugent Hopkins scored his 21st goal of the season last night. Connor set him up with a beautiful tip. Uh, and that set a new career high for Nuge. Chris, you wrote about it. Did a little quick hit last night during the game. Tell us about Nuge. Tell me about Nuge. Yeah, Nuge hit his uh, 57th, 57th point last night. New career high for him. Um, Nuge is a guy that's been... He, he's played solid like his past eight years here, but he's he's obviously had his injury troubles. Um, he's had a lot of haters in the past, and I think he, he visibly gets better every year, and he's finally um, rewarded with it with a new career high in points last night. I just think it's funny that watching the narrative around the player change... I've been president and CEO of the Ryan Nugent Hopkins fan club since he was drafted in 2011. And I, it's just seeing the articles come out that Nuge needs to win faceoffs to justify his contract. And the person that wrote that particular article is now calling him a piece to build around. It's just, it's interesting to see how it's changed where if you actually are paying attention to how good this player is that you see, Oh, this guy's pretty polished. And at the same time, yeah, he's been around eight years, but he's 25. It's like Sam Gagne not being 30 yet. You're like, man, you've been in this league like 30 years. How is that? But Sam Gagne was asked about Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and I want to read the quote because I think it's interesting. If he's not the most underrated, he's definitely one of the most underrated players in the league. He's played a lot of hard minutes, and he's asked to sacrifice offense a lot. This year, he's having a really good year offensively, and he just keeps coming to work. He keeps doing his job. And, and Nuge responded to that quote from Gagne saying, I'm going to keep doing this until the end of the season. We're going to keep working and find our way back into the playoff race. We have to string some wins together, obviously. We know that, but there's not going to be any shortage of work ethic for me or the rest of the team this year. And it's finally nice. like, isn't it nice to see him kind of coming into like a role as a leader and a guy that the team really depends on? Totally. The coach can depend on him. Teammates can depend on him. He is going to provide you consistency the two-way game that this team needs. And the thing a lot of people uh, don't know about or don't comment about Nuge is that he's been here through all the coaches, through all the GMs. He hasn't peeped up once and complained. Like people feel bad for Con McDavid in this situation with this franchise, but I feel bad for Nuge and he hasn't complained once. That's the type of player he is though. He's just uh, keeps his mouth shut and goes out there and does what he does. And, you know, I think the expectations of him were a little bit high at the very beginning. You've got a guy who's, Who's going to need to grow into his size and, and grow that man muscle, if you will. And he was playing against Getzlaff and Kopitar in his first year. Well, I'm sorry. There's not a lot of 18-year-olds out there, especially with his body build, that can do that. It wasn't it wasn't fair. So you had to look for the... You had to kind of read between the lines when you're watching his game. Then look for the little things that you could see that he was going to, he was going to develop into later on in his career. And I think right now we're seeing exactly what we saw back then it's just it's it's been growing continually ever since day one and yeah now it now it's time to reap the benefits i also think that um he was one another one of those players you could argue that the oilers rushed into the league yes he was a first overall he was a he was a cursed first overall like it was an unfortunate time to be a first overall pick like he he was the guy who really could have used like at least one year in the whl yeah another year in the whl i remember like the day he was drafted guys like bob mckenzie and ray ferraro and blah 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 they were talking about maybe another year in the in the dub is what he needs uh like rick mentioned he was what probably like a buck 40 when he was drafted like you could say he was listed at higher than that but let's be honest he was a buck 40 and now to see him like develop and work and polish his game to the point where he is easily able to play in all situations for the others. I think that's invaluable. And I am super pumped for the dude. I can't wait to see where he ends up uh, the season with. There's still, you know, there's still a bunch of games left. So, you know, can he get to 65? Can he get to 70 points? We'll see. We'll see. I get am to a hundred points. Can he go on an absolute heater? Get to a hundred points, 500 points, 5,000 points, a million points. Two million points. A billion points. The Weathers also got some news last night that 
or they got some good news yesterday when Jujar Kara was reactivated from the injured reserve. He had a lower body injury. It was a heel injury. It was a heel injury. You always find out after they return what it was. What did you learn, heel. Chris? Uh, that it was a heel injury. Because <laughs> <laughs> in, in the injury report from just last Sunday, there it's, was even talk about him having a stress fracture. Yeah. And that he could have been out for, you know, however long. Mm-hmm. Great to see him back. A little bit rusty. But the Oilers are better with him in the lineup than without, especially in the bottom six. They need guys that can chip in in the bottom six. And Jujar Kara is certainly that. He's a guy that will get in the mix. He'll swing the big old hammer around and he'll do what he needs to do to compete and stay fiery and make others pay if they need to. And I am very grateful that he's back. Happy to see him. Thoughts on of all the players that came out, though, that it was Ty Ratty that came out instead of like a Josh Curry. Uh, Brad Malone was already a scratch. What do you guys think of Ty Ratty being the one that came out for Jujar? He just he just can't get that sideburn shave right for Ken Hitchcock. I think that's just the reality. Like he he goes out there and he has really good effort games, and he just he just can't stand. The he line. doesn't have a he doesn't have like the good checking defensive game. <laughs> like what the Oilers have now with like Curry and Cave is they both skate really well. They move around really well. You can put them both in the PK. They can forecheck. They can back check. Like even if neither of those players scores, they make life tough for the other team. And their possession numbers are yeah. really good too while they're out there. And Raddy doesn't he doesn't bring that. No, I agree. I think Raddy's is kind of getting passed over for the role that he you, you, that you'd want him. That he's getting just passed over by other guys, and he doesn't fit the role of the bottom line. Because Gagne's of guys. in that role now, pretty much. Yeah, and I'd much rather have Gagne there. And I, you know, I know it feel. I know it kind of sucks for Raddy, but yeah, you're kind of get passed right now, and it's it is what it is. It's. Yeah, but having Jujar back is going to be a, a massive addition, I think. That's the type of guy who's only getting better and better. And the way he plays with that puck down low and he uses his body in front of stuff, the way he can drive the net from behind the behind the goal line, he's doing little things that uh, that Georges used to do for us back in the in the late 90s. It was fun, it was fun to watch back then, and I, I love seeing it now. Just as importantly, Jujar's beard game, very strong, very thick. Nicely, nicely groomed. I always appreciate how he keeps it tight. There's no loose stragglers sticking out. And I just think that's important. I feel like it's important to mention that Jujar keeps his beard game tight. Probably got some nice oils. Probably <laughs> smells nice. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing there. I can't grow a beard, so I'm jealous. Uh, the next topic we are going to cover, boys, is a spicy one. And it seems fitting that our friends at Get Sauced are the ones that are going to be presenting this next segment because we've got a lot to discuss here. Get Sauced, of course, are friends that make the flavors in your mouth explode. They've got all the sauces that you need. They've got all the rivers that you need. They've got everything that you need to improve your culinary life. Go check them out at GetSauce.com or or go see them at 9620 58th Avenue. Give them a call, 780-462-2418. Or fire them an email over the old internet machine at sales at getsauce.com. Ladies and gentlemen, this next one is going to, uh, it's, it's, it's a fiery topic. And I say that because Jay Downton, the squirrel, the squirrel, the squirrel, he was caught in Las Vegas at the Calgary Flames game. What was that? Wednesday? Wednesday night, he was caught by TV cameras multiple times sitting with Flames fans. Paparazzis. But the worst part about it was after a goal, after the Flames scored, Jay was on TV fist bumping Flames fans around him, celebrating a Calgary Flames goal. Now, there's no way that he thought he was going to get caught. There's no way he thought that he wasn't going to just sneak this celebration through. However, paparazzi like Fat Dad, Fat Dad on Twitter, always on the job, always on his game. Nothing gets by that guy. Nothing gets by this dude. He got screenshots. He's got videos. He's got proof, definitive proof that there could be a Flames fan as a mole in our organization. And I've got a problem with it. I've got a real problem with it. I want to get your thoughts. Dan, I'm going to start with you. Jay Downton, one of the guys who started OilersNation.com, one of the guys who came up with Hope Will Never Die, one of the guys who we interact with on a daily basis says he bleeds blue and orange, but does he really? He also started (laughs) FlamesNation.ca. 
he did start flamesnation.ca. You might say that that was just a business move and that the network needed to expand, or you could take an alternate take that Jay always wanted to cover the flames. He wanted a website that he could enjoy in the privacy of his own home or on his phone when he's out on the go. Was Oilers Nation an inside job? I'm a huge wrestling fan. Always have been, always will be. And there's a guy by the name of Mark Henry. You may know him as Big Sexy. Sexual Chocolate. Sexual Chocolate was a was a short-lived nickname that he had. And he has done some heel turns in his life. He will he will go from heel to face to heel mid promo. And I have not seen a heel turn like this before or after. There's no better person that this could have happened to than Jay. <laughs> and that's why I, I just I just find it so funny, so funny, because I know Jay, and I know it's absolutely burning him up inside that he got caught. And the most hilarious thing, before he went to this game, he was in the office, and he was talking to us about how he, he, it's a, it was a business trip, and that he's, he's wrapping his head around this and like having to go to this Flames game. And, and, and so he accepted it and dove in. Um, and just the fact that he got busted is just, it's, it's so perfect. Like he dove in so headfirst, like... He rushes up to the office and he's like, like, hey guys, there's an opportunity to go to a Flames game in Vegas. And he's like breathing deeply and it's really intense. And then he's like, does anybody want to go? And we're, we're all just kind of like, wait, what? And then he's like, sorry, no, no, it's fine. I'll, I'll just go. And he was, you know, just like so excited to go. I can't even say I'm mad. I think honestly, I'm, I'm disappointed. I really didn't expect this from him. This is a guy that, you know, he, he swears up and down. He's an Euler fan. You ask him old oiler trivia and he's right there usually on top of it like he's he's got a, a wealth of knowledge about the oilers but it makes me think like he's just uh he wants all that all that knowledge because you you want to keep your enemies close right so he's really i think he's 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 up to date with all the oiler stories because he's a flames fan and that also would explain why he's so weird about the edmonton donair thing is he won't eat them halifax style with no veggies like they should be eaten He's compensating for his under-the-radar Flames fandom with an obsession about the advent of the Edmonton Donaire, which isn't really a real thing. It's all, it's, he's just projecting. So I, I was the audio engineer for Nation Real Life for a little while. And uh, there Weird was a time sucks, okay. after, the Oilers, after the Oilers got eliminated from the playoffs... I pivoted to uh, to the bandwagon of the Vegas Golden Knights. You did. And you took a lot of shit for it. Number and one you know who, Golden Knights fan, Dan. And you know who gave me the most shit? Mr. Flames fan himself, uh, Jay ooh. Downton. It's Remember, true. He you, was that would explain relentless. why he wanted to burn your hat. Yes. Because he loves the Flames. Exactly. <laughs> it was unbelievable. So I, for one, am eagerly awaiting the, the episode of next week's Nation Real Life when Bag Milk... And one Wanye Gretz take Jay Downton to the woodshed and beat his ass. It'll be a trial by fire. There's no doubt that Nation Real Life coming up on Monday is going to be a hard trial for Jay. We are going to be serving up evidence to him, asking to explain himself. And now this also brings up another thing that I just thought about. Dan talked about the Gold Knight shit that he took. I'm thinking about when... Jay didn't throw his hat on the ice for a hat trick. Now, it's all coming together. We had a debate about you always throw the hat. Leon Dreisaitl scored a hat trick in the playoffs. I threw my favorite hat on the ice because you have to do it. You have to do it. Bad form not to do it. It's bad luck. You find out that Jay is refusing to chuck his hat on the ice, and he's, he's tap dancing around the Y. I don't know if you guys can hear this, but Chris may be dying. By the time candies. this is done, it's okay. you can absolutely please, hear please it. Please don't, please don't suck on a cough candy into the, into the microphone. He's trying to work on this like ASMR gig that he's got going on. He's just like, maybe I'll just like quietly we, suck just on turn, this. Turn thing. Chris's mic off for the rest of the thing. Otherwise, we're going to get... It's okay. The coughing is... <laughs> the coughing is... Uh, uh, uh. All right, I'm good. What I'm good. you guys may think is that Chris is sick, but actually what's happening is that he is chain smoking heavily. Yeah. He has taken up a new hobby. He just really enjoys cigarettes right now. And the stress of the Jave uh, heel turn is just taking Chris down uh, a dark path. So I want to go through some of the feedback that has been coming to Jay. Uh, Chris, I know you've got some. I've got some up here as well. What we've learned is that everyone is upset with this. 
this isn't just a thing where he could just sneak it through. Oh, no. Everyone is on top of this. As I mentioned earlier, our friends at Sherwood Ford, they're threatening to take away the nation truck. And rightfully so. You can't be cruising around in that beautiful mobile if you actually have the flame's love in your heart. Another one I want to give a shout out to is David Short made Jay a knuckle sandwich. He put his fist, well, or at least found an image between a piece of bread and a piece of cheese, a couple of pieces of bread and some cheese. That's a knuckle sandwich for Jay. Knuckle sandwich for Jay. And then uh, I suck at picking. You probably follow him on Twitter. He went through the archives and some may say it's Photoshop, but at this point, I'm not sure I believe it. He found pictures of Jay cheering for the Flames during their 2004 Flames Cup run. Others, Tourism Edmonton jumping in. Edmonton Tourism can't jump to the phone right now. We're still reeling from last night's deeply disturbing events. Obviously, we're talking about Jay. Jay tried to stop the inferno from burning, if you will. Or did he? Because he's a Flames fan. He so, he, so he showed his Oilers toiletry qu- kit that he brought down to Vegas with him, thinking that would kind of ease the pressure. It did not. He also had his and fly, his fly was down. So it's like he was insulting the whole thing. Yeah. His, eyes, like, his eyes told a story. He looked like he was in pain. His <laughs> eyes looked like he wanted to vomit holding that thing, and his fly was down like he was just waving... I guarantee you, disrespect. I guarantee you that pencil bag that he had there, you can get that at any gas station on the strip in Vegas. And I bet you he's got a bunch of like early 2000s, late 90s Calgary Flames player cards. He's probably got like an autographed Roman Turek. You can't guarantee that. That's not a Flames one. He just photoshopped the Oilers logos on it. It's true. At this point, I don't know which way is up. I don't know what fan he is. I don't know if I can trust him. It's it's on, it's going to be a tough weekend here. I don't I don't know how everyone else is going to deal with it. I don't I don't think I'm going to get very much sleep out of this. I don't know what to expect come Monday. He may just come walking in here with the uh, with his flames onesie on. When uh, Sherwood Ford was threatening to take the truck away, someone asked them. It might have been Wanye. Wanye tweeted them asking if they had a Flames Nation truck for him, and they obviously said like, "Hell no, we would never do that." And then they tweeted a photo, and the caption was. At least the design for that would be easy anyways. And there's a photo of a Dodge Ram just on fire. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Great. I also like this tweet that came in from the Burger Baron. Baron can't believe we served that Benedict Arnold a donair. Baron dares you to come back here again. And if you know anything about Burger Baron, he the guy, Carlos and the boys mean business. You can't just roll into the gravy district after you've been pumping the flames tires. It just doesn't work. Does not work. Dustin Banzi, uh, he tweeted, I'm appalled by your recent behavior. You have some explaining to do. I respected you so much, and now I'm confused. There's just a lot of hurt going around. Uh, Chris, I know you had some. Dan, do you have someone over there? Yeah, I don't, I don't follow a lot of politics, so I don't, I don't exactly get the reference here. But, but somebody <laughs> asked what the biggest scandal rocking the nation is. Is it Trudeau and SNC Lavalin or Jay fist-bumping flame fans? And the results were... 70% said it was the Jay fist bumping the Flames fans was the bigger issue in Canada. You could take a look at the national story and maybe think that it could be the Trudeau thing or you use your heart and you say, no, this is wrong. This is wrong. You cannot cheer for the Flames in Vegas. He went, he went down there pretending he was pre-scouting locations for our nation trip that's coming up next weekend. We're going down there to watch the Edmonton Oilers, Jay. That might be hard for you to do. I don't know if I want him to come on the trip. Yeah, I feel uncomfortable with him there. I I don't know what kind of weird stuff he's going to get. So one thing that actually I've just thought of that's making me kind of anxious is earlier on in the season, we drove down to Calgary for, for the trip. We went to the Oilers and the Flames game. And me, Chris, and Jay are sitting up in the nosebleeds up in, you know, Mount Everest where it takes three hours to climb up. Anyway, need a Sherpa. So yeah, Alex Chiazon scores a shorthanded goal. I stand up. And as many people might remember, I fell down about five rows. <laughs> and I don't know. I originally took the blame myself. I said I wasn't being responsible. My balance is poor. But now I'm thinking who was sitting beside me and who was angry that the Oilers scored, it was Jay. And who, Jay pushed me over. Who enjoyed you falling more than anyone? Jay. And I did too, but... Because <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. But Jay, Jay had a smile on his face. He loved it. He had a twinkle in his eye. I also like how Jay probably cannot make a tweet for the rest of his life without being roasted. Last night, he tweeted, congrats, Nuge, on being the best version of yourself. 
and people was just like he's an oiler not a flame and you spelt johnny Gaudreau wrong yeah like i bet you wish it was ryan nugent michael backland see it's just it's not going to stop for him he thought he was gonna fly under the radar unfortunately the vegas camera crew they caught you bro yeah you shout out to busted. sportsnet on that one. Oh, and it happened twice and shout yeah, out to twice. every single person Dan, I know you got some clips. Fat Dad was the original investigative journalist on this. He really made it happen. There was a whole lot to unpack there. And I am so glad. I am so glad that we have the kind of community we do that is ready to rally around such an injustice. Jay, you have going to have some explaining to do on Monday, my friend. Wanye, myself, Chalmers, if he's around, we are going to roast you, bro. There's going to be a trial by fryer. Fire and trial by fire tuck. I can't even talk, Dan. I'm so upset. All I know, all I know for sure is that Jay Downton could, in fact, be one of the biggest traders Alberta has ever seen. These are deep words. Is he up there with Peter Pocklinton now? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Jay wasn't pushing for him to sell Gretzky. Wow. I can't, I can't, I, can't, I have got he was, he was cheering for Houston to get the Oilers back in the 90s. He was cheering for Seattle to get the Oilers when Daryl Cates went there, like however long that was. There's a whole lot to unpack here. This is only scratching the surface on this story. We need him to get back here. We need him to answer for his sins. And we need to get to the bottom of, like Rick said, whether or not he photoshopped Oilers logos on his toiletry bag to try and save face. I don't know. I don't know if he did or not. I'm not prepared to say he didn't, but I am prepared to move on. So gentlemen, I want to get, I want to pivot a little bit to another strange thing that's happening right now, which of course is the Edmonton Oilers GM search. Uh, Bob Nicholson was at the GM meetings and he had some interesting quotes. Uh, The one that really stuck out to me is hopefully I'll know the right person. uh, Hopefully I'll know when the right person is there as if he doesn't really know what he's looking for. Needless to say, Oilers fans had a lot of fun with his quotes because you don't really know what's going on with this GM search. Also, there's the other angle that Mark Hunter took a job with Hockey Canada yesterday. So that takes him out of the running. Maybe, probably. Who uh, knows? Interesting. No. What do you guys think of this GM search and how Bob Nicholson is communicating what's going on? Well, Bob was a guy that everyone used to trust. And it's obviously showing on online that he's a guy that people are starting to lose trust in. And, and when, when guys are just making fun of the quotes that he's putting out, um, it kind of makes me a little worried. I'm also a little worried about the whole GM search in general because um, teams like Vegas have come out and said that no one can talk to what's-his-face. Uh, McCrimmon. McCrimmon. Yeah, McCrimmon. Until the season's over. And I mean, if we all know if Vegas makes a deep run again, then no one's talking to him till May or June. And the draft is right around the corner. And that puts someone like the Oilers in a tough position. So do you just count him out then? Do you go for someone else or do you stay on his track? Yeah, I think the amateur scouting has been good enough right now. I don't think that having a, obviously you want your GM in by draft day, but just, I don't think he's going to have a, a ton to say, just, but he's also, he, they're out there doing their own stuff too. So if, if you're talking about McCrimmon, then yeah, you know what? He's doing all the same things. He's just doing it for, for, for another team. Right? Yeah. He's going to have all that same information. It would be more in terms of if you're making a trying to make a deal on draft day. In my and then, opinion. Yeah, and that's going to be a little bit different for them. Uh, I honestly think that Bob needs to find a president, and then the president needs to go find the GM. I didn't wasn't a big fan of having Pete have uh, doing both those jobs because if you don't think that Bob is all set up to do the player asset management, which is fine. He came in to run the organization. Obviously, there's a hockey side of it. There's a business side of it and all that all that other bullshit. He needs to bring in a hockey... He needs to bring in a president who's going to run the Edmonton Oilers. And he will be in charge of bringing in the general manager. This way, we won't have these weird comments where Bob's, you know, I hope I find the guy here and I'm asking these guys for their, you know, their two cents here and these guys for two cents over there. We need an actual guy to come in and run the hockey team. And I don't think that's Bob. I don't think he wants to do that, to be, to be fair. I think he, he likes that upper upper office type of job where he's watches over everything. The price of hot dogs, you know, absolutely everything. The burger specials. Oh, he loves them. He loves them. 
So I think that's the first thing he needs to do is go out and find a president to run the hockey side of things. He can therefore go to the GM and then we move ahead. We move in that way. When it comes to um, what's his fate, uh, Hunter, just I think he, he he can get out of that job real easy. The mascot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, you know what? I, he better put his resume in too. We'll take a, I'll sit down, have a sit down with him. But with Mark Hunter, I think uh, signing up for Team Canada is just a fallback. Like you know what? Maybe he doesn't get the others. I'm sure he's going to be involved in a couple other conversations too for with other with other organizations. And if none of that works, then yeah, he's got Team Canada to go. Uh, he's got the junior team to go run. My thing with the Nicholson comments was where he said that when they went and got Chirelli, he didn't he didn't ask anybody else about hiring Chirelli. Yeah, it, and and it, to further that point, Dan is just like, oh, Pete's available. Come on down. Yeah, it was like he got picked for the Price Is Right. I think it was wheat and oil this morning. I just saw it quickly, but he went back and and looked back at an article about them hiring Steve Tambellini, and they hired Tambellini within three days of finding out that he had a clause that he could get out of his contract in Vancouver, and they and it sounds so similar to what they did with Shirelli that it just worries me that here's the dude that we're here's the dude that we're trusting to do this, but he was he did the same kind of hiring of Shirelli that the previous regime did before him which is still people that are within the organization and still making decisions. There. I wonder how often that happens in every other organization. Though. Like you don't sit there and like make your firing and go, okay, guys, we're starting from scratch. Let's write down the name. They, they're they always, okay, guys, our GM's not doing so good. They're probably not going to be here come, you know, the end of the year. What are some names? And they do a lot of uh, pre-work, I guess you'd call it, before you get into it. I know everyone sits there, you know, they want to actually like see like, 15 guys walk into an office one by one and sit there for three hours and have a three hour meeting. Cause that's what everybody wants to see. I think that I'd rather, I'd want to see what happens on other organizations because I don't think we're honestly that weird. I don't think they do things that much differently than everybody else. There may be some teams out there that do things a little bit differently, but I think we're probably in the average of how most teams kind of handle that stuff. I guess I just want to see them change the way that they've been doing it because it hasn't been successful. Steve, yeah, I want to. I want to. It's a good point, Rick. I, w- I want to win, and I would like to see this team win. Yeah, like there's also the angle that maybe they talk to a bunch of guys, and Keith Gretzky is the right person. But is the problem that his last name is Gretzky? Is the problem that his last maybe he should change his name to Keith Jones? And everybody's just like, "All right, Keith Jones is the GM," and he's like, "What's up?" I think hey, wait a minute, aren't you Wayne's brother? No, 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 no. I think the problem with Keith Gretzky is that he was Shirelli's capologist and look at our cap situation. That's a fair point. I, know, I, I wish I knew more information about that on just how much insa- intel Gretzky, Gretzky gave Shirelli. Was he the capologist? Yeah, he was I, there, his he job was, was... I'm fairly certain... Stop, okay, and obviously it's coming from a different situation. Stoffer was saying the other day that he, he brought up the capologist and it was a different name. I don't remember well, who, but... It's different now, I'm sure. Wait, is that actually a role? Like capologist, yeah, I mean, yeah team, you got to keep buying that shit because they're going to make sure that you're making the when you're signing the deal for right. Chris Russell that you. But can like that's what they that call it next year. In the capologist, year. just sounds funny to me. That's all yeah, that's right. just a guy out there with a really big. Speaking calculator. of capologists, who the the Leafs have that guy on their staff, Brandon Pridham, who um, he's assistant GM there, and he's one of the guys who wrote the CBA. So if the others want a guy to help them navigate out of cap hell, that might be your guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. It's like you if wrote you, the fucking thing. Yeah. Interesting. Why wouldn't you want that? Like you want to get down to the bottom of your Harry Potter trivia night and you can get JK Rowling. You go ahead and get it. You should her, have Chris. all the answers. One thought I had too, and you guys can tell me if I'm out to lunch here, but I know other pro leagues, they don't, they don't allow teams to block other teams about talking to their staff. If it's a promotion that they're being offered. So, so like Mark McCrimmon, Brad McCrimmon, Kelly McCrimmon, Kelly McCrimmon, uh, he Alex he's, McCrimmon. He's not a he's not a GM in Vegas, but he's being interviewed for a job for a GM in Edmonton. Why can the Golden Knights block him from doing that? Yeah, no. It reminds me of when uh, who was it? Cam was it? Colorado wanted to talk to Kyle Dubas last summer. Yep. And then the Leafs were like, Nah. <laughs> okay. It just okay. seems it just seems weird that you can just protect and shelter a guy from being able to get a promotion. Yeah, that's wow. actually a good call. It is interesting, but who knows, right? Uh, Dusty wrote, just to wrap this up, Dusty wrote about the GM search a couple of days ago at ON. Uh, his names listed there were Kelly McCrimmon, Mark Hunter, Mike Futa, Sean Burke, Dave Nonis as possibilities. And he heard that from, uh, I think, Darren Dreger. 
think Dreger was on his show that morning. Man, when Nonus's name came up, <laughs> people people get rioted. mad. Man. Yeah. Well, Nonus is mad. also Nonus is a uh, Darren Dreger's cousin or some shit. So like the validity behind that could be completely non-existent. And then do you like do you think if he just gets hired that Dreger just moves to Edmonton? Yeah, pretty much. That was <laughs> that that was like Dreger's big thing when Nonus was uh, involved with the Leafs. He was that's that's how Dreger was getting all of his insight. Now it's all gone. I want to uh, go ahead and thank our friends at Pog. Pog, Chris. They are the air purifier that you need to have in your home. If you've got issues with smells, if you've got pets, if you play sports, if you've got anything, smoke, whatever you need, whatever smells you need out of your house, go ahead and check out our friends at Pog at the Pog store. Kills 98% of household odors caused by bacteria and fungus, freshens and purifies the air naturally using a pow- the power of nature, Chris. Harness the power of nature. Make your home smell better. Tell me about your hockey equipment. How's that doing? It uh, smells good. Of course. Why? Because of the pog. Of course. No, I, I, I'm using the... Uh, I thought we should, should maybe go around the table and just quickly read what, uh, uh, what kind of pog we have. Just because I actually got a couple of questions, a couple couple guys sliding in my DMs asking about the pog. So, sliding so in your it's DMs. A, it's an interest okay. out there. Um, so I have the, uh, I have like the mobile pog. You have the um, handheld. The handheld pog. I guess both handheld. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, so you, you just charge it up and then you can uh, put it wherever the hell you want. And then uh, obviously there's the plug-in pog. I know you guys are using that. I got one of those. That covers a larger space. That's right. Uh, do you know the square footage? Uh, I don't know, but it, they, it, they've got all the instructions in the nice little yeah, packet that comes yeah. with it, including... Uh, suggestions on times on if this is the square footage of your home, this is how long you want it on. Mm-hmm. All I know is that my house smelled a lot like Frank. If you don't know, Frank is my dog. He stinks sometimes. Sometimes he smells like nachos. I don't know why. And the pog just sorted that out. Got rid of it. Done. There you go. Game over. Go ahead. Check them out at thepogstore.com. You can send them an email at info at thepogstore.com. Give them a call one eight eight. 1-888-913-3150. Gentlemen, we have got uh, one more segment on this. I want to talk about Tobias Reader. Um, I think that a lot of us would admit to being happy with that signing in the summer when <coughs> when Shirelli locked him in on a one-year deal. I thought it was a really good bet. He was coming off a bad season last year where he got moved from Arizona to LA. Had something to prove. Uh, not going so well. Last night, Gregor tweeted out, the NHL started tracking shots on goal in 1960. Since then, only one forward, Craig Adams in 2012, has more shots on goal than Reader without scoring a goal. Craig Adams had 84. Reader has 75. That's What's an insane on? stat. I just think it has to be, like, it has to be a lot of bad luck there. And, you know, where Austin Matthews was shooting at a 35% clip at the start of the season. It's now rounded out for him. And I think, I think for reader, it, it's just, it's, it's gotten away from him this season and maybe he goes somewhere else next year and it turns around. But I, I said before the podcast, I have a lot of time for him. I, I think he, I think he adds an element of speed that this team doesn't have a lot of. And, uh, and he, he plays good penalty kill minutes and, and that way you're not having to have dry and, and Connor and Nuge out there all the time. Um, I just think I think he's a serviceable guy. He's just he's I, I get where you're coming from where he's serviceable, but anywhere you put him in the lineup five on five, you know there's no goals coming from him though. Like I think that's just a it's such a, a detriment to uh to the team. And there's other guys out there. I mean, uh Curry's been here for seven or eight games or something like that, maybe ten now, and he's got four or five points already. There's other guys out there that are put they're producing points, and if you're not producing points, you're gonna get you're gonna get bumped out of the way. Luckily for Earl, I get luckily for him. We don't have too many guys pushing at the doorstep to try and get those guys out of the way. So he's had a he's had a job all year. But yeah, you know what? It was a a one year one uh, one year try and didn't work out. You wash your hands and move on and try again next year. I would still. I mean, given the fact his season's been so bad, and you know, like he's not going to never score again. I mean, I think you can bring him back on like a super cheap deal and like give him where the Oilers are in their cap situation. You want it you know, find guys that cost you a mill that could be okay. And this is like, this is again, like a buy low option like he was in the off season. Now he's an even, he's a buy low er. 
option it, again. And he's like he's he's the same thing when we were talking about Curry and Cave. He skates well. You can throw him out there, and he can you know he can do stuff. He's not you know Ty Ratty who's a nightmare in his own zone. I, if you've got Tobias Reader on your fourth line and he's playing on the PK, and he's adding some speed, and if you've got some injuries, maybe he goes up a little bit and then goes back down when not necessary. I think you're in a good spot, aren't you? And that's and that's the thing with this team, is that we should be in a good spot because there should be other guys on the in the on the wings that can that can pick up the points where Reader isn't getting them. But we just don't have that right now, and so we're expecting that from everybody. And I just I think that, the, that there's... I have time for a role player, like Coom said, that fits in and under your, your dire cap situation that we have right now. But uh, and I think the thing about Reader is that he's still getting shots, with, which is important. Sure, he's not scoring, but he's still putting himself in a position to get shots on net and create scoring chances. Um, some comparables: Reader has seventy-five shots in fifty-three games. Lucic has sixty-four shots in sixty-seven <laughs> games. Like he he doesn't even get a shot per game. Um, Reader gets a few. J- uh, Jujar gets he has fifty-five shots in fifty-four games. So like so, Reader's putting a lot of shots on net. Um, the fact that he's still able to find positions to to get the shots on it, I think that's important. Uh, since Chris brought up the shots on net, looking at this season, Reader is at 1.41 shots per game. Last season, one of his worst seasons, he was at 1.46. So he's down a, like a touch, but roughly the same. Uh, his career high was 1.93, so just under two shots a game. That was when he scored 16 goals with the Coyotes back in 2016-17. I just, I, I'm with Dan and Cam. I think that if you can get him at a million or less based on his play, he's got 11 assists. If he gets even remotely close to his career shooting percentage of 7.16, which is obviously dropped considering this year is at zero, I think you could have a really nice buy low candidate for a team that desperately needs cheap deals. Or like Rick said, maybe you just move on. Maybe you just allow a kid that you've got on Bakersfield, the chance to do something. What do you guys think? Like if you think if you're guessing today, today is March, what? 8th, March 8th, 2019 is Tobias reader with the Edmonton Oilers next year. Yes or no. Is he in the NHL next year? Yes or no. I think you just, I think you just give him a max. Max two way deal, and that's uh, and that's good enough. He's in. He's not on the team next year, and I don't see a lot of guys. Uh, I don't see a lot of teams out there offering uh, anything for a guy who's uh, two bad years in a row now. He's he's going to be off in Europe next year. Yeah, I I, uh, I don't know. Maybe he's a good room guy. Hey, <laughs> I love a room guy. Love a good I don't know if, if there's a team that can find value for him, but I just I just I just don't know. I mean, I know. It, it's tough. Like two bad years in a row, and you're like, oh, maybe he's not in the league anymore. And then we look at our next topic because we're going to look at the Lucic goal draft, and you're like, oh boy, oh boy. So last week, just to catch everybody up, we made an adjustment to the Lucic goal draft. Dan, myself, and Rick now have a Windicate. Together, Chris has been excommunicated from the Windicate. He was so sure that Chris Month in February was going to propel him up front. He had the opportunity to be on this. He is no longer in it. So what we did is we kept the original picks from the Lucic Gold Draft, and then we added another layer that Dan, Rick, and myself are all now together. We are together trying to get those two goals we need to catch Cam, which at this point seems like a fucking mountain to climb. However, the added layer is that now, since we're all together, Cam gets all readers games. And for the remaining Cam games where he has Lucic, the three of us get readers. Because well. I got what, like three games? You have one, two, three games left. Yeah, I yeah. got three games. So I have the three Lucic games, then I have however many other, like 12 yeah. reader games. Yeah, yeah. So then. I'm pretty confident reader, since I pumped him up on the podcast just here, he's going to score like eight goals down the stretch. Well, that's where you have a really good opportunity. If he gets anything at all, the bulk of the games remaining are just the yep. windicate. Yep. So Cam has got a real good chance to run away with this. Plus, we all know I'm still very confident. I made the best pick in picking the April 6th game in Calgary for Lucic's final game of the year. We're going to be there. Lucic is going to score a hat trick that game. Could you imagine? Like, you that, are going to go... If, if Lucic scores a hat trick in Calgary on the 6th, Cam is going to go bananas. That was a great pick, though. Just like final game of the season, we're all going to be there. Stealth pick. 
yeah, it, it, if, if it goes well, then he will have all bragging rights and we'll be face to face. Oh, and we'll have to hear it all weekend. And that's yeah. when if, I have, and that's that night I'll make all of you guys get your tattoos. If Lucic, <laughs> if Lucic scores two goals when we're in the Saddledome, I'll walk out. I'll just go sit on the bus. What, what, what if it like clinches the, the playoffs it, it, for us? I'm going to guess that it's probably going to, yeah, yeah, I'd still go sit on the bus. Okay. I'd listen to it on the radio on the bus. Just but be, be so crying, devastated. Just sobbing. I'm so mad the Oilers clinched a playoff spot. Yeah. Furious, Coom, Coom gets bragging rights. You're just asking, like, wear a asking anybody near you, can I please change seats with you? I just can't sit next to this guy. I can't. Or you just do what Rick and I did last time we were down there. You just wander on into one of the VIP lounges. Oh, I'm definitely not sitting in my seats this time. I, I, you know what? When you have to change out oxygen tanks getting up to that level of the saddle dome, I just, it just gets too much for me. So I, I can't. You got to ride up on one of those donkeys. I, I forgot to hire the donkey last time. I had a splitting migraine. People were looking at me like I like I like I just run a marathon. It was bad. It was bad news. Yeah, no, you um, the next time you guys just follow us. I think it was right after the first period. We walked down the stairs. We started walking down a hallway through a door, another door, and next thing you know, we're in something called like the alumni lounge, I think. They had some real nice food in there. The nachos are looking pretty good. I think bag of milk was throwing back some pulled pork or something like that the whole damn time. And then, you know what? If once you're feeling a little bit better, you, you wander over to one of the boxes and you try and talk your way in. <laughs> I think this is something we should all be doing here. It's the last game of the year. There may be a box that's not even being used. You find some Euler fans out there. Jake could probably go find a Flames fan to go hang out with. Yeah, and Jake we'll go into the Euler box and we'll, just, and we'll have a great time. Jay will be amongst friends that day. So, well, that's adds another weird angle to this as well. If you want to come on this nation road trip to Calgary, tickets are on sale now. Go to OilersNation.com. We've got all the links there. You can go to go to Backside Tours website. They've got it all up there as well. However, we've got a different angle now where we're going to Calgary to watch this, and hopefully, this game actually means something. But I don't know how I'm going to be able to enjoy it with a trader on the yeah. bus. I just don't know. Everybody's going to have a great vibe and we're all like doing our chants and doing our thing and having a good time and Cam's doing trivia and Jay even likes to participate in the trivia. It's going to be weird now. Awkward. But what's really in his heart, Chris? Yeah. Other than darkness and lies. Nothing. Nothing. Another thing I want to mention is, like I said, next weekend we are going down to Las Vegas. We have our own trip to, cover, to watch the Oilers, not watch the Flames, to watch the Oilers twice, we are going to take a group of, what, 25, 30 of us down there? We're going to meet a bunch of Oilers fans that are already down there that are just there randomly. We're going to put together a big group of people. It's going to be a great time. I want to know, what are you guys most looking forward to for the Vegas trip? I'm most looking forward to this bet that we kind of started talking about where if you are on the strip and you get a picture taken without a drink of some kind in your hand, there's a punishment involved. Now we haven't discussed the punishment. If anybody has ideas, let me know. We'll probably figure it out on the tour. And I think maybe we'll take like some feedback from people that are also there. Anybody else who wants to participate. I think it'd be funny if 25 of us are playing this absurd game. We shouldn't tell Jay about it. No. And then have him lose. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Jay, we're playing this game. Yeah. You should just have to uh, buy a drink and f- just You should have to wear it. some like embarrassing fucked hat or a prop or something yeah, until the, the next person is caught. Some kind and of then crown. you hand it off. Oh. So that gets your eyes on the next person. Could this be an opportunity for the turkey hat Ooh. to come oh. back into circulation? I have a banana suit. That's no, too hard. That. No, that thing and has. You get caught. That thing you, has memories all. You wear over the it. banana suit, and it's got stains on it. <laughs> it is gross. I I that wore that thing consecutively for Halloween at the age of 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, and twenty four. There's something to this. I don't know if it's going to be the banana suit, the turkey hat, or the anything hot dog suit else, too? or something we find down there. There is something to this. The only problem is, do we really want to pack this banana suit around? Maybe, yes. man. It's probably easier to pack than the turkey hat. The turkey hat's heavy. The banana suit you can fold up and put in a bag. I bet you we can find something down there real quick. True. Real quick. First day we get there. Or we have a banana suit already locked yeah, in. That's fair. That's if fair. you've got an idea, hit us up on Twitter, on Instagram, at ONRadioPodcast. If you're coming 
on this trip with us. Let us know if you have an idea, if you want to participate. This is going to be a great time. This is going to be a great time. I'm looking forward to it. Rick and I are roomies. We're going to get up to some shenanigans. We're going to let Evan roam the streets. I was just going to say, my my thing that I'm lo- most looking forward to is giving Evan the full Vegas experience. He has never left the confines of northern Alberta. Really? I mean, Dude, have, we checked, have we made sure that Evan has a passport? Uh, yes, we have. Because remember, we saw his signature on it. Oh, yeah. His, his, by it's the in way, crayon? Evan's signature on his passport is basically just an X. <laughs> It's like an X, and he's just like, Murr, and he smashed his face on the on the little box, and that's what it's that's what his signature is. Chris, you have also never been to Vegas. I'm curious what you are most excited about. Um, just just going to Vegas in general. Sweet no. answer, bro. Thanks Dan, for adding Dan to the has podcast. Been, Dan has been hyping up. I'm pretty sure in Dan's like interview to get this job, he was talking about Vegas. Yep, he's been hyping up Vegas since I the day I met him, and it's finally coming to fruition. I'm very excited. See, I think this is going to be the Winnipeg trip. Times six point seven. Yeah, it's gonna. Be, that's honestly, it's from. I can't. Get, I can't wait to get to the airport uh, next Friday because right as soon as we park and get inside, I think shit's gonna get weird. I still think a bunch of us should be wearing uh, GoPros. However, I think at the end of the day, we probably don't want a lot of the things that are gonna be seen on those <laughs> nope. GoPros nope. out there. You know, uh, this is gonna. It's, it's gonna be a great time. I think we're gonna sit down and watch the uh, the game on Saturday night. And some, somehow on Sunday, we have to last till uh, 7 o'clock till that game gets going. And yeah, we'll uh, we'll show those Vegas people uh, what, what we can do. I really hope that lady, by the way, from Pittsburgh, she's going to be very upset. Very, very upset. I'll, I'll tell you what, guys. I'm rooming with a one Jay Downton. Oh, oh no. no. A Flames fan. Yeah, so I can get the inside info on this whole Flames thing. Maybe he talks in his sleep. I was just going to say you have like, to Actually, you know what? I've, Lanny I've, McDonald's mustache. <laughs> Jay does talk in his sleep. Oh. I've roomed with him before. Okay. And if he's had a couple of cocktails, hey. He's a chatty cat. Tr- truth serum comes out. <laughs> okay. He's, he's just going to be like, Jared and Jay are in the room. He's like, oh, I yeah. just really wish this was the Flames trip again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave my phone on record all night. Yeah. <laughs> Jay? You're going to have some explaining to do, my friend. We've got some events coming. And uh, you got busted. You got caught with your hand in the cookie jar. And it is not a good look, my friend. I want to go ahead and thank Sherwood Ford the Giant. I want to thank Get Sauced. And I want to thank Pog for making this podcast possible. I want to thank all of you for listening. Please share, tell a friend, rate on iTunes, rate on Spotify, rate wherever you download your podcasts. Thank you to Conch for hooking us up with the intro and outro. Have a great weekend, everybody. Shout out to you, man. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up, because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Face-Off Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes, because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.